The views and opinions of shows on KCNR are those of the hosts, guests, and callers only, and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or advertisers of KCNR Radio. Good morning, everyone. This is Dr. Patricia Bay. You're tuning in to Therapy in a Nutshell here on KCNR 96.5 FM, 1460 AM, your talk radio. This is Dr. Patty, and today we are going to be talking about Jurassicophobia. And you're going, what? (laughs) What I want to talk about is fear of getting older. Because a lot of people have it. And actually what I want to talk about is how do we age gracefully? Because it isn't easy. And a lot of people freak out. So I hear it a lot from friends. I hear it from clients. Um, We all joke about it. We make bad jokes about it. And it's just a natural part of life. But As we get older, we hear it more and more from people. And it's an auspicious day to have this talk because my husband, Rich, died six years ago today. And it had me thinking about how many people are denied the privilege of getting old. And we fear it sometimes and we whine about it and we don't go into it gracefully. But when we stop and think that some people had to exit early, uh, it can make us reevaluate how we do this part of our life. So I just thought it's a good tribute to Rich that um, we talk about this today on January 8th and that that's a gift to him, that he his departure can help some people reevaluate who they are and how they're going forward. So let's talk about why we fear getting older. And this can happen at any age. I've seen 30-year-olds about turn 30, and they're freaking out. And part of me is thinking, yeah, just wait. And they're saying, oh, I'm just, I'm, I can't believe I'm going to be 30. The one that we hear a lot is 40. People say, oh, God, 40? Oh, it's like they say things like, I'm halfway there. I'm, I've only got maybe 40 more years left. And it scares them. So people can have a freak out at any age, and it's often at those decade marks. They tend to put more emphasis on 30, 40, 50, 60. And we we hear things like 60 is the new 40. And, you know, it's just just interesting how that works. So stop and say, have you been afraid of where you are now with your age? And why are you afraid of growing older? That that word, jurassicophobia, comes from a Greek word, jurasco, which means I grow old, and phobos, which means fear. So it gets changed to jurassicophobia. And it sounds like you're afraid of dinosaurs, but actually what you're afraid of is you being a dinosaur. <laughs> so it's powerful, and it can color anything and everything that you do, which is pretty pervasive. So how do you know if you're afraid of growing older? There's some things that people do that we see when they're afraid. One of them is they have evidence of certain fears. Uh, They're afraid of wrinkles. So they'll do things like buy every wrinkle cream on the market. They become the perfect Facebook ad 
purchaser, the shopping TV, and they see all these ads for this will fix your wrinkled skin, this will tighten your arms, this will take away your turkey neck, this will fix you. So they get excessively fearful of wrinkles. Um, the other thing we see is that they have a lot of plastic surgery or they want to have, they're constantly fantasizing about a facelift or uh, breast augmentation. Um, they have a focus on body modifications. Uh, that where do you think Spanx came in? Those things that will suck you in, hold you tighter, make you look a size less. Okay. Uh, there's fear of hair loss. You'll see men especially be fixated and worried about losing their hair. Uh, there's also more body dysmorphia that happens as you age. Body dysmorphia is where you tend to have an unrealistic vision of how bad your body looks. Uh, we often hear that with mostly women. They'll say things like, oh, I hate my thighs, or oh, my arms are gross. And as you age, you start to focus more on some of the body attributes of the aging person and feeling very insecure and ugly. Um, also, it's not unusual for people as they age to put on more pounds and then they feel like they're fat and ugly. So that body dysmorphia can play a factor in whether you feel like you're getting old too quickly. The other thing that I hear a lot as people are aging is they're fearful of developing conditions related to aging. They're afraid of dementia, loss of mobility, um, loss of independence. And we're going to, in the second part of the show, I'm going to go over a lot of those fears that people latch on to. And sometimes they don't even know that that's what they're really afraid of. They just, it tends to be in their consciousness and they say it a lot and they focus on it and they are, are frightened. One of the things that can make you afraid of the things that are related to aging is when you've been a caregiver. Uh, when you've taken care of someone with dementia or you've taken care of somebody who's got a terminal illness, it makes you afraid of going down that path because you see the challenges of it and it's not always pretty. Um, the other thing is being a caregiver really ages a person. They often say that caregivers die before the people that they're taking care of because caregiving is extremely stressful. So, and, I, and I'm aware of that. I, I took care of my husband who was sick for about eight years and it was hard on him, very hard on him, but it was also very hard to do. So, um, looking at what you're afraid of and why you're afraid of it is really important. So we're, we're going to focus on this today. And hopefully by the end of the show, I want to give you some ways to not let the fear of aging ruin your peacefulness now. All right, we're going to go to break and we'll be back in just a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patty, and we are talking about aging gracefully. And it's just a difficult 
thing for many people, and they get really stuck on it, and they don't know what to do. So we're talking about how people get afraid. And I want to go over some of the things that people are afraid of when they age. And talking about them is important because you need to recognize where your fears lie. And we can talk about what's underneath those fears, like why you have that. Like, for example, my dad had Alzheimer's. In fact, he overlapped for a couple years with Rich going into his frontal temporal degeneration. So we were doing both for a couple of years. And it left in me that sense of, wow, dementia is so incredibly difficult for the people around you and for the people going into it. So I know that that's where that came from, and that's important to to have that foundation of how you got that fear. So a lot of people will have denial and avoidance about aging. They don't want to think about it. It scares them to death. Uh, They avoid doctors. They don't want anybody telling them they might have something wrong with them. They don't want to celebrate birthdays. They don't want to say they have a birthday. They lie about their age, Um, even if they lie about their age by just a couple of years because it makes them feel a little better than where they are right now. Those are all signs that you're afraid of aging. So caregiving rips away at all that denial because you are forced to face the terminal illness of somebody close to you. And you can't help but say, there but for the grace of God go I. I, This could be me, right? So the fear of aging is not necessarily afraid of dying. It's afraid, people are often more fearful of infirmary. They're afraid of being incapacitated. And those are the things I want to go over right now. And let's look at what are some of the things people are afraid of. One of them, first and foremost, is losing independence. We like to be in charge of ourselves. And losing independence is a very scary thing. It means others are going to step in and take away your authority. They're going to make decisions for you. It very often means you're going to not be driving anymore, which is very scary for older people. They do not want to have their driver's license taken away because it is a loss of independence. And it means now I have to be dependent on someone else. Often the fear of aging is about fear of deteriorating health. You know, we use these containers that we live in, these bodies, and things wear out, like joints and spines and livers and body parts. And that aging process, as our bodies begin to slowly deteriorate, scares the crap out of people. It's hard because they don't want to feel like how they used to be able to trudge up a a hill and take a hike and walk for miles and miles. Now their knees hurt when they get out of bed. And it's scary. The other thing people are afraid of is financially. Many, many people have tried to save as best they could for retirement. They've got uh, something set aside. Many people just live on Social Security or disability. And they're often afraid of being destitute. Uh, many people afraid of making basic needs, food, clothing, and shelter. And then there's people of just being afraid of losing their lifestyle. Uh, how do I have enough money to go out to eat or to make my car payment or to go on a vacation? And it's scary to them to think I'm going to have to be tighter and tighter and tighter as I get older with 
how finances are. Uh, another fear is having to leave your home, having to go live somewhere else that's easier, especially when some people look around and they see they're in some two-story house and um, they've got a huge property, they've got a lot to take care of, and they recognize that as they get older, that's going to get harder and harder for them. People are often afraid of losing someone they love, the death of a loved one, of you going second. I hear that often with couples. They'll joke around and say, um, he promised I get to go first because I wouldn't be able to stand losing him. And they, they joke around and say things like that, but they're actually pretty serious. If you have been through profound loss and grief, which is extremely difficult, um, it scares you to lose more people. And it becomes a real core issue for you that you know how painful it is. And the thought of losing someone else that you deeply love is very, it's just scary. I've been there, you guys. It's not easy. Um, so also losing the ability to manage daily life. How do I get up and cook and clean the house and take care of the dog and, um, you know, mow the lawn or whatever it is? All the things that you do with daily life become harder and harder as you get older. Uh, another thing is the loneliness and the isolation. As you find your own children and grandchildren getting very busy with their own lives, you begin to realize that they're not coming around to see you as much. And when they do, they don't stay. They run in and they run out. My mom used to say that a lot, that the family comes by, but they run in and they run out. And the older we get, the more we have more time on our hands and we can sit and chat and visit and hang out. But they're still running very busy lives. So the elderly person starts to feel sidelined. And it can be very, very lonely. Uh, another thing people are afraid of is being cared for by strangers. Uh, they start to make family members promise, you'll never put me in a home, you'll never take me away from my house, you won't let someone else take care of me. And that's um, very frightening to people. Falling and getting injured is another fear that people have as they age. They don't want to lose all those things we just talked about, and they begin to recognize if they fall and break something or end up in the hospital or less mobile, then they realize that their life begins to be taken away from them, and that's frightening. Uh, another fear is becoming sexually incompetent. Um, I hear younger people say, they took around first and say things like, yeah, when I'm older and I can't do it anymore, things like that. Uh, but they also mean it. They don't want to lose their virility, their masculinity, their sexiness. And they equate being old with losing that sexual vibrancy. And they don't want that to happen. Many people, not just men, many men and women, feel that when they lose that sexual vibrancy, they're becoming old and dried up. And that is a frightening thought to them. It's one of the reasons that Viagra, Cialis, sexual enhancement, enhancement drugs are top sellers on the market because as the population ages and the fear of sexual vibrancy being lost heightens, 
that drug gets prescribed more and more for people. Uh, and good news is I hear from many of my clients that that works really well, and um, doctors say that it's not a dangerous drug to take, and it can really help people with that sexual vibrancy. So look at that list of things, and I want you to say, are any of those things that you worry about and you find yourself either joking around about or focusing on or seeing your elderly parents going through some of that and just starting to get frightened and saying, wow, I, it's not easy. One of the podcasts I did is called Growing Old is Not for Weenies. <laughs> That's because my mom used to say it all the time uh, because as things start to hurt and you start to be able to do less and less, she said there's so much acceptance that you have to step into that it's not easy. When when I look at some of the things my mom had to accept, she had a beautiful singing voice. She was trained in opera and she was incredible. One of my best memories is being about 10 years old and listening to my mom sing the soprano part in Handel's Messiah. And my grandfather at the same time was singing the tenor part and it was stunningly beautiful. But I have that memory of my mom's voice. Well, as she aged, by the time she was about 75, she said, I just can't sing anymore. I can't make my instrument, her vocal cords, work like it did when she was younger. And she had to accept that that was a part of aging for her. And it was um, sad for her because she loved to sing in the church choir. And that was taken away. So as people age... They have to move into a place of acceptance for the things they can no longer do. Uh, think of the dancer for so long that uh, would dance, and now dancing is not particularly easy. Rich and I taught clogging for 28 years, had three exhibition teams, and I can still clog, but there's a point that it's not okay. My damaged foot doesn't want me to clog, and I'm going to pay for it if I do. Uh, doesn't mean I don't remember how. Doesn't mean I don't still love it. Um, doesn't mean sometimes I do it even though it's going to kill my foot and it's going to hurt later. Uh, but it's all part of accepting that I used to clog for 10 or 15 hours a week, and now I throw it out there maybe once a year and pay for it. So that's aging, you guys. And it's not easy on any of us. So we have to begin to look at ourselves and say, what is happening for us? You know, it's, there's, a, there's an idea of learning how to age gracefully. And that is instead of clinging to the fear of what you're losing and what's not there for you any longer. It's accepting it and stepping into it. I have some friends that are so incredibly paranoid of getting older. Um, they are constantly in the pursuit of youth, taking lots of hormone replacement things and plastic surgery and exercising like, you know, fiends, um, constantly worrying about weight, uh, hopefully thinking people are thinking that they're much younger than they are, and they do it with a sense of paranoia. And I see clients like that, and I've seen people that I know like that. And then every once in a while you have that friend that just doesn't seem to stress about it. 
they're pretty easy going about it. They know that they wear a larger size jeans than they did 10 years ago. They wear sleeveless shirts, even though they think their arms look old. Um, they don't worry about the wrinkles on their face. You don't hear them whining about whether they have the right makeup for the aging face. They say, eh, what about makeup? And they just have stepped into loving themselves. And it's kind of beautiful. When we see that in people, we admire it. Um, I was talking to Randy McGinnis, and he was raised Cherokee. And he was talking about how in the Native American culture, elders are revered. He said they are revered for their wisdom. They're cherished. Uh, they're not thrown away or made to feel like they are unnecessary. They are a valued part of the Native American society. And we were equating that to how elders today are often viewed as a burden and someone has to take care of them. And often they are shoved into a corner or warehoused. They're put into nursing homes. They're uh, sent to live somewhere else. And that's part of what has made people afraid to age because instead of there being an atmosphere of you will be revered and valued for your years and your knowledge and your wisdom, there's a sense that I'm going to become a burden to my family and a burden to society, and I don't want to be that burden. I want to go out gracefully before I'm ever that burden, or I want to be 110 and playing tennis every day. Those are things we hear people say, and they get focused on that. But what they're really focusing on is how they view elder people can be a burden, and they don't want to be that. All right, we're going to go to break, and when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about aging gracefully. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patty, and you're listening to the incredibly beautiful Native American flute music of Randy McGinnis. Randy has played all over the world with the Prague Symphony, with the Knoxville Symphony. Um, he's got six CDs, all of them very different and very beautiful. Um, and he's won tons of Native American Music Awards. He's recently was the Native American Music Award winner for the year, and he's also the Lifetime Achievement Award for Native American Flute. So check out his website, randymcginnis.com, and take a listen to all his CDs. You can buy them on the website as well. So we're talking about aging gracefully and what gets in the way of doing that. And instead of starting to get older and getting fearful of dying, fearful of being infirmed, um, and doing the old saying of falling into your cups. You don't want to sink into your cups. Oh, no, it's not good. Sinking into your cups is like uh, getting depressed and alcoholic and avoiding. And I'm joking about that, but a lot of people do that. As they get older and they start to lose heart, they can give up. They can get depressed. Um, 
They can basically sit on the couch and drinking too much and not doing anything that makes them feel valued and productive. So therein lies the question. Do you have to have youth to be valuable, to be productive, to be wanted, and have some kind of place in society? Our fear is that as we age, we lose that productivity and we lose the importance in society of who we are. And if that's how we believe, you've got to stop and say, where did I get that from? Have I looked around at my own parents or the elders that I know in my life? And how do I feel about them? So an exercise that you can do now is you can sit down with a piece of paper and you can write a list of elderly people that you totally admire, that you want to be like when you grow up, so to say. Um, And why do you like them? Like you think of your neighbor and say, I want to be vibrant like so-and-so because they laugh and and I see them out walking and um, they're just, they've got so much life in them. Why do you see that? What is it they do that lets them do and say things that you admire? Think of elderly people that scare you. Not that you're intimidated by, but that you go, oh, it scares me to grow old like that. Why? What is it going on with that person that frightens you? Is it some kind of dementia? Is it some kind of physical infirmary? Are they losing their independence and it freaks you out? You don't ever want that to be you. Uh, Really make a moral inventory of who do you admire and why. Who do you want to be like and why? And what do they bring to the table? And then what aging does that frightens you? And really write it down. If you're afraid to go to the doctor and you avoid your pap smear every year and you don't want to have that colonoscopy, why? What are you afraid of finding out? And and if that happened, what are you afraid of? So... You want to unpack this, all right? You want to be able to say, I'm afraid of getting old because I'm afraid that what will happen. Because in that knowledge lies your path to, or lies your path to, stop being fearful and start taking a different attitude toward where you are headed and where you're going. Uh, I knew a man that was constantly afraid of people knowing how old he was. He was pretty vain with um, his appearance, and he allowed, it was the vanity that kept him motivated to exercise and to eat healthy, which was fine. I mean, that finding your motivation to be healthy is great. But his motivation was in vanity. You could see it. So he would say to people all the time, um, how old do you think I am? And he loved it when people thought he was 20 years younger than he was. Uh, And then I remember when he was sick and dying. He had cancer. He was in late stages of cancer. And he looked horrible. He looked like death warmed over. And when people looked at him, I remember him saying one time, "Uh, how old do you think I am? And the person said, 90? And they were serious. And he 
just about choked because he was so much in denial about what he was going through and how he was aging and how sick he was that he was certain that people were going to still say he looked way younger than he did. And when that happened and you watched his face fall, I felt so badly for him because he didn't seem to be grounded in where he was in his life, at what stage he was in his living and at what stage he was in his dying. And I felt badly for him because I felt like he was missing out on what he could be experiencing by this stage in his life. And it brings up a really interesting point. There is a season to every part in our life, and there's a season for a reason. We are little kids for a reason. We're teenagers where other people are still controlling teenagers and telling them how they have to be. And uh, we don't particularly want young teenagers to become independent too soon because we don't usually trust their judgment. But there's a season to that. There's that young, youthful adult, your 20s and your 30s, where you're really gaining who you are and stepping into your own power and acquiring who you are going to be in your life. And then as you're in your 40s and your 50s and you're in that season of your life, it's really nice if that you're vibrant and you're healthy and you're living your purpose and you've been moving in a direction of becoming who you are in this powerful stage in your life. And then as you move out of that and you're in your 60s and 70s and 80s and maybe 90s if you're lucky enough to be healthy in there, you are stepping into that age of wisdom. And it's nice if what we're doing is not reliant on how powerful our bodies are, but more how powerful our minds are, which is one reason that caregivers who've taken care of people with dementia, it frightens them. Because if you're hanging on to who you are as you age, We want to, at the very least, be vibrantly, mentally competent. And it's scary to think in terms of dementia. So, you know, in some ways I know bringing all these things up and putting them right out here on the table is scary. But it is also the path to acceptance, which is what we're working on here, you guys. It's, It's not about just denying that we're getting older and we have to age gracefully. Um, It's about how do we really step into this season of our lives as we age and feel good about it and feel powerful and purposeful that this is not an accident. We're not being betrayed. Uh, We're not having something stolen from us as we age, but we are becoming the wiser elder adult who can guide and teach and do things that really help society and help the younger generation. It's important. Old age can be a time of grace and a wonderful stage in life if we look at it as a season. And does it have its own challenges? Of course it does. But so does trying to build your career in your 20s and 30s and 40s. And so many people struggle with that stage in their life and want to feel like they have stepped into their power in that stage. And some people feel like they're missing that. So one of the secrets of having an ability to age gracefully is to feel really good 
about how you've lived your life. And it doesn't mean that it was perfect. It doesn't mean that you're rich and famous or you're perfect weight or you're beautiful or you have no wrinkles or everything's just absolutely stunning on you, whether you're male or female. It has to do with, do I feel like I have lived a life of purpose? I have lived a life of trying. I've learned lessons. I have stepped into the beauty of my life and tried to do it in a way that makes you proud of who you are. That is one of the biggest secrets of aging gracefully. And so if you have been fearful of aging, Look at how you're living right now in your more youthful days so that when you get to that age that you fear, you can do it with grace and do it with purpose. All right, we're going to go to break. And when we come back, in the last section of this show, I really want to give you some ways to grab on to aging gracefully and not just focus on your fears. We'll be back in a minute. Welcome back to Therapy in a Nutshell. This is Dr. Patty, and we are talking about aging gracefully. And first part, I'm talking about, first part of the show, I'm talking to you about what people fear as they age. And I've really encouraged you to look at what your fears are about growing older and how those fears tend to ruin your peace of mind. And make you feel not as just accepting and as quiet inside as you would like to be as we age. So let's look at ways that we can do this a little bit differently. I want to tell you the formula that a dear friend of mine and a doctor that I totally admire, uh, Dr. Richard Malaki, says that in his 40 years as a general practitioner, and dealing with people of all ages and watching a lot of his patients age, he said the one thing he has learned is that the people who age gracefully in a physical sense are strong, light, and flexible. Those are really good words to live by. Strong, light, and flexible. Now, he's not saying you have to be a bodybuilder. He's not saying you have to be... um, you know, the perfect weight. And he's not saying that you have to, you know, be able to do splits. But what he's telling you is if you stay strong, which means you keep your muscles toned and you work at being able to do things, lift things, move things. And and I don't mean move the dresser or lift the couch, you guys. I'm saying that you have some strength in your muscles and you Try to maintain a healthy weight. You're not overweight. And you're, you, you keep your weight in the healthiest place that you can. And you keep flexibility. Those are the people that are the healthiest physically as they age. Now, one of the things that speaks to is yoga. So those of you that have thought, oh, God, I can't get on the floor and get back up. Oh, no. There's chair lo- yoga. My my sister-in-law, Claire Bay Manor, teaches chair yoga, and it is an amazing class. You don't have to get on the floor and get back up. You can work really hard at being strong 
and light and flexible doing chair yoga. Um, she teaches chair yoga, for those of you that want to do it, um, at the Spiritual Enrichment Center at 1905 Hart And you can call over there and get the schedule. You can get on their website, uh, the Center for Spiritual Living. They changed their name. And uh, she teaches it in a beautiful room over there. And it's great. So Center for Spiritual Living, get on there and Reading, get on their website and look at Claire Bay Manor's chair yoga class. So getting being strong, light, and flexible is the physical part. But there are some other things that you can do to keep yourself centered as you age. One of them is to focus on helping others. This is a time in your life that you can help others learn, you can teach, you can share the wisdom that you've gotten as you've aged, and doing that gets you out, makes you not isolated, gives you purpose in your life, and it helps keep you happy. So what you're doing is giving back, paying it forward, helping people step into their lives with purpose and productivity by sharing what you know. Um, If you are retired and you're home and you're alone and you're lonely, start looking around for where you can give back. Um, Volunteering at hospitals, um, homeless shelters, uh, senior citizens places. Um, There's a lot of people that volunteer at the vet's home, um, reading to elders uh, that can't see anymore or that just need company and you'll feel how you feel better about yourself because you are sharing and helping others so the issue becomes pursuing wisdom not necessarily pursuing beauty in our youth we often pursue looking better being more beautiful um, and we want to shift that into pursuing wisdom not beauty So that idea that a really productive older part of our life begins with feeling good about how we lived our life and begins in our youth, then it lets, it sets us up for our old age being a wonderful part of our life and not something that we are fearful of and that we regret. The other thing that's important as we age is to accept limitations. Okay, so you used to hike 10 miles, 20 miles, do switchbacks. And now when you go for a walk, your knees hurt. I told you, containers wear out, right? So the idea is to accept our limitations. One of the podcasts that I did, if you go to Dr. Patricia Bay, Therapy in a Nutshell podcast, uh, there's over 120 titles of different shows, all from my radio show here. And one of them is called Boundaries of Protection. And the concept there is how can we make sure that we guard the things we have to guard so that we keep being able to move and do things. And that boundaries of protection is important. If it's going to make you not be able to walk the next day, if you try and hike up that hill, then don't hike up the hill. Go on a walk that you can do. Okay? So listen to boundaries of protection if you're the type of person who as soon as you feel good, you push yourself so hard that you ruin everything for months. Listen to boundaries of protection. Remember, if you can't exercise your body, exercise your mind. It doesn't matter if you're 80 years old. You want to try to learn Spanish? Learn Spanish. You are going to build neurotransmitters in your brain when you do that, and that is really good for you and good for your brain. 
to expand that way. If you are worried about your sexuality, remember that sexual vibrancy is not just the ability to have an erection. All right? I'm sorry to be so graphic, but sexual vibrancy can come from intimacy and connection and loving presence with somebody. It doesn't necessarily have to be the sexual act. Although you can talk to your doctor about ways to help that if you're having trouble there. Um, There's a saying for when you're older that's called cultivate your garden. And what this means is literally cultivate your garden, grow things. It makes you feel really good and it's good for you and good for your health. But cultivate your garden means plant things, help them grow, and reap the benefits of that garden that you have cultivated. So let's take a different example of that. Let's say you're home and you're lonely and nobody shows up anymore and your kids are busy and your grandkids are off at college or whatever and you're isolated and lonely and you feel put out to pasture and unproductive and depressed. Plant a garden, which means find some seeds to sow. So let's say you call up the local senior citizen and say, how can I help? I can come over a couple afternoons a week or a couple mornings a week. Is there something that you need help with that I can volunteer to do? That's you planting some seeds. Then you water your garden. You take care of your garden, which means you show up and you go do it and you volunteer. And then as you meet people and you feel involved and people start inviting you to do things and you start showing up for other things, you're watching your garden grow. And then you reap the benefits of your garden. You are sowing the seeds of connectivity, friendship. You're not as lonely. You're not as isolated. Um, You're having fun. You're laughing again and talking. That's what I mean by cultivate your garden. You got to plant it. You got to make it grow. You got to show up. And then you can begin to reap the harvest of what you've planted. So if you are an elderly person who's lonely and feeling unproductive and put out to pasture, I want you to ask yourself, have I planted a garden? Do I need to plant a garden? Can I plant a garden? And how could you do that and how could you make it be better? So I I want to tell you about a book that you might want to think about reading. There's a guy named Marcus... Tilius Cicero, and he was around in 44 B.C., uh, right around there, 44, 45 B.C., and he wrote a book called How to Grow Old, Ancient Wisdom for the Second Half of Life, and he did that because he was going through a hard time in his life, and he started to put down his thoughts and his wisdom on how to do this with a little more finesse than just going into old age, kicking and screaming and feeling badly. And it's a really cool book. Um, He gives some very timeless wisdom to help you look at growing older as a privilege that is not granted to everybody and how to do it with strength and with character and not just with fear and trepidation. So the name of the book again is How to Grow Old, Ancient Wisdom for the Second Half of Life by Cicero. Cicero is C-I-C-E-R-O. 
And I think you'll really like it because the advice he gives about those who cling desperately to life because they're so afraid of getting older and so afraid of dying that it's really futile and it's foolish. And one of the things he says in the book that I just loved is a good actor knows when to leave the stage. And he's equating that as we go through our life and we and we accept the growing older and we feel privileged to do so and we are not being futile and foolish and desperately fighting this life being lived and this life ending, that then with grace, when it's time for us to go, we can leave the stage and it can be extremely beautiful. So... I I realize that this is a very touchy subject for a lot of people. And what I want to leave you with, we're going to we're going to end the show with a really important song that I think you might find really peaceful. And I want you to hold the thought that don't let growing old be a burden, let it be a privilege. And the song that we're going to play is from Randy McGinnis's CD The Journey. And this is track number nine. And this is Randy McGinnis and me playing together. And I'm playing my big D flute that I just, my favorite flute. It's big bass flute, and I just love it. And Randy's playing um, an A flute that's just gorgeous. And the drummer, the percussion on this song is Rich, my husband that died. Rich was a drummer. Um His legacy lives on. He laid down a whole lot of drum tracks for my oldest daughter to do her CD, uh, Tara Bay Bedford. And you've heard some of her music. In fact, we start the show with a song she wrote. Uh, But Rich is the drummer on that track. And the name of the track is Negohila. And in Cherokee, if you're going to talk about loving someone forever, you would say, Negohila. And that means I love you where all the sunsets are forever, always. Negohila. So I want to thank you for tuning in to Therapy in a Nutshell today. This is Dr. Patricia Bay, and I just want to help heal the world one hour at a time. So please enjoy Negohila, always.
The news from Town Hall is brought to you on KCNR Shasta Reading by Shasta Regional Medical Center. Your life, your health, your choice. Shasta Regional Medical Center.